Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artist's relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Allison Chef. This episode is the second in our special mini-series, Access to Care. Many times on this program, we talk about the importance of therapy. However, we acknowledge that therapy is a privilege and is not always accessible or affordable to those that need it most. I've invited some of my previous guests to talk about access to care, where to find affordable therapy, and the tools and resources that are available should therapy not be accessible. As always, this podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Today, we welcome back actor, educator, and psychologist Simon Ward. Simon earned four psychology degrees from the Macquarie University in Sydney and has worked as a clinical psychologist in the NSW Government Health Department. He also teaches acting, voice, and mental health for performers and leads workshops on anxiety and the voice, psychology and performing, and professional development. Simon, welcome back. Thank you for having me. What would you say to someone who is struggling to find access to therapy? I'd say that there are lots of different forms of um, self-care that you can um, learn, talk about, practice, try out that will help to buffer you from the sharp and um, rough edges of life whilst you're waiting on your therapist or whilst you're waiting to get into a therapeutic kind of relationship. So don't lose hope and um, check out with, you know, uh, mentors, friends, coaches, teachers, that kind of, those kind of people, because there are lots of small things you can still do, which will be therapeutic, but not necessarily be therapy. Right. Um, and in talking about reaching out to friends, family, mentors, yeah. etc., um, I'm notice I'm seeing a lot of um, oversharing on social media. Yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like you know those are cries for help. I get it, um, but maybe not necessarily the best places to 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 look for help. I don't I, I don't want to discourage anybody who has found that to be helpful. However. Um, do you have any thoughts on just like healthy ways to reach out, unhealthy ways to reach out? Social media is helpful and unhelpful at the same time, which is one of the reasons why it is so beguiling and also exhausting. Um, that whole, you know, the zombie scrolling thing that we Mm do, um, Mm -hmm. the, the oversharing thing is in one sense can be good because you can get a lot of really fast little tiny drops of feedback that feel kind of good. Like, oh, someone's seen it. Someone's, I've been seen, which is a very deep human need. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. not so good. Someone has seen that. I'm not alone. Maybe there's a way out of this. So that in itself is great. That's really, really helpful. The downside is that it is so um, flimsy and temporary Mm -hmm. and it disappears super fast Mm -hmm. um, that it can feel just as bad, if not worse, within a short time because you you don't get anything kind of that lands deeply. And the other problem is that 
as a general rule, you can't solve anything with a meme. You can't? No, this I know this is this comes as a as a shocking, shocking fact. Um, which is dreadful because there are some great memes out there in the world. The one of Kermit the Frog sipping the tea, for instance, I'd I'd live for. But the <laughs> Applies to almost every situation you will ever find. But there are so many bits of advice. And the problem with advice on social media, it's like trying to cut a birthday cake with a baseball bat. <laughs> Everybody in the room gets a bit of cake. Mm-hmm. But nobody actually gets a proper bit of cake. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of an image for, okay, how social media deals with mental health stuff. Um, and one of the, the biggest problems is that because social media trains us to be reactive rather than intentional, mm. the idea that, mm. oh, I can take action on behalf of me, I can nourish myself, it's like, no, I'll wait and I'll just be reactive, which trains us up and trains our brains up to be um, good at one particular thing but not another. So that's less helpful. So for anyone who wants or who finds themselves seeking stuff, be careful about oversharing, not because it's bad to share your story. Sharing your story is super important, but sometimes it doesn't land the way you would need it or want it to land, or it lands on people who don't know how to hold that or respond or be able to to, to construct a response that is actually useful or nourishing. Could one compare the response that you get on social media, like that instant gratification mm-hmm. of, oh, somebody see me, I feel heard, I whatever. Mm. Um, could you compare that to like a drug high? Was yep. that like an accurate comparison? Well, there's lots of, there's lots of neuroscience research over the last couple of years um, coming out about uh, chemical, uh, reward chemicals that get released when... Um, you get likes on social media. Mm-hmm. I think really if um, the ideal thing is that all the like functions, the love hearts, the, you know, all those little buttons, emojis, all, get turn- yeah. they, all those emojis, they get turned off. So mm. you can still message people. You can still comment on things, but you can't just click a like button. Hmm. Um, so that as a first step, all of those get turned off tomorrow, never to be seen again. Hmm. Um, because there's a wonderful, oh, I can't remember which, where I saw it, but there was a wonderful sketch where if Facebook was real life, I think it was called, I might still be on YouTube somewhere, but, and people would walk up and go, oh, like, and then just walk past. Right. Like, hate, <laughs> sad face. Right. right? And, and when, you, when you actually verbalize it, it is crazy. It's nuts. Right. Okay, but it's inc- but it is a bit addictive. It, it, the same addictive pathways kick in because I get tiny little doses. It's like getting coins on Mario Brothers, or you know, getting a little bit of oh, oh, here we go, feedback. Oh, this is really good. And of course, we all know that the algorithms and the programs and the advertising is designed to give us a little bit of a kick. It might mm-hmm. be a dopamine thing. It might be a serotonin thing. It might be a uh, or various other chemicals are in the mix, but it's a little bit of a reward. It's a little bit of a, oh, oh, that feels good. Oh, oh, yeah, that. And it does feel nice. When you put a, a new headshot up and you get all these people going, whoa, look at you, whoa, get hot, whoa, and you get, you know, 
you know, 50 likes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, it feels good, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? For all the wrong reasons. Because, um, I've, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, it's it be really careful um, about that because it, it they are addictive. That those things are actually they are they are addictive. There are people who are doing research into social media addictions and screen and um, just like they do gaming addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing where if you if you want to test yourself, um, put your phone on one side of the room and then get someone to send you a message so you get a notification alert, mm-hmm. and then see what happens in your body. But don't when you don't go and check it. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling a bit you're feeling a bit kind of twitchy. Anxious? A bit, uh, yeah, a bit anxious. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, that type Amy cannot handle that little red dot that says one. Uh-huh. Right. I have to get rid of that red dot. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it which is which is crazy. One of the most wonderful things that I was ever told was have business hours for your um, social media. Mm-hmm. Right. So do, like if you really just because, but people expect you to respond really quickly and also mm-hmm. because of algorithms, things come and go really fast. Yes. So yes. someone can post something and it could be a major thing amongst all your friends, but you are, you know, you were doing classes or you're doing rehearsals and then you come out at the end of the day and you go, oh, so what's happened? And you have 47 notifications and you have to scroll all the way back through to see what happened. And this person said that and you go, well, what do I respond to? I don't know. Uh, it's a little bit much. Uh. And you get to the point now where I have clients who say, oh, I talked to this person and they said this to me. And I said, okay, pause. Do you mean you tapped to that person or did you actually mm. use your vocal folds and your eardrums? <laughs> and I, oh, no, I I sent messages i went okay so if you send a message you do not know what that the tone is you do not know you cannot be sure Mm -hmm. and so many fights and hurt and all the rest of it um happen because of that so i that's a long answer to to what is a really really important question yes they are addictive yes they're unhelpful and they're getting much worse Mm -hmm. we do not need them to live and the danger is now there are casting briefs out there which say you have to have a certain number of instagram or twitter followers to get an audition right so you are look your production companies who look at your social media profile and your twitter followers and your instagram followers to see whether or not you will do it, and and if you're contracted in a show, sometimes there are you have to do a certain number of posts per week about the show, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because it's one, it's cheap advertising, which you're not being paid for, incidentally, just for you what, know. I would just say, and that's something that that performers need to be paid for. Oh, absolutely, they, yep, if, absolutely. <laughs> if a producer wants you to to take over their Instagram, they need to pay you for that. Yes, absolutely, but so many of them don't. And a lot of younger performers don't realise that it's the equivalent to the Barnum and Bailey thing, you know, where you wear the sandwich board over yourself and you walk (laughs) up and down the street with a a bullhorn shouting, hurry, 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 get your ticket to the box there, weighing in the 14th type, the greatest show on earth, all that stuff. 
and right. you're not, but you get, you should get paid if you do that. If you did that yeah. for a store, if you had to stand outside of, you know, Kinko's or something and say, print, mm-hmm. get printing in, like you would get paid for that. Well, right. hopefully. Um, but you, you, you're in charge of the Instagram takeover for this next two days. Great. Go for it. And if you don't do it, then somehow that's bad or you've let the, the show down or you've let your fellow performers or the yeah. whole team down. And so right. you're using, which isn't that just peer pressure and bullying? Isn't that what that is? Just to mm-hmm. check. Because last That's time I exactly checked. exactly what that is. Okay, good, good. I wasn't just. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole, so just like education is starting up again and the industry is starting up again, we need an industry-wide conversation about how social media works in the arts industry because so many people use it and it's great to get your message and your advertising and the notices of your show and all that kind of stuff, but... It's uh, it's a wild thing that is really um, unhelpful as well a lot of the time. So I think mm-hmm. we need to be just to be a little bit more proactive and intentional about how that works. What are other things people can do um, for self care if they um, don't have access to healthcare? <laughs> sure. If you don't have if you don't have universal healthcare and you don't have access to um, uh, to healthcare through, you know, online or chats or um, phone services or health health professionals, know that you will know at least three things that you have experienced or done in your life that feel nourishing for you. It might be walking along um, a shore or walking on grass in bare feet. It might be um, standing under a shower and just um, feeling the water on your face. It might be um, going out and getting a hot chocolate with marshmallows in it. It might be um, going and feeding the ducks in the park. Or There'll be something that you have done, usually before the age of about 12, incidentally, which you feel connected to, that you can do, that's probably free or at least low cost, that is actually useful for you. Getting 20 minutes of sunshine will do wonders for vitamin D, and vitamin D has really good effects on on health. Um, Watching clouds and seeing the shapes change, that's free. Super good for your mental health. Um, So there's lots of things you can do for free that are beneficial and helpful. Yes but I don't want to negate therapy. <laughs> oh, no, therapy. I'm in a very sticky position. I'm like, yeah, totally. I want to offer, but I also don't want to say, just go look at clouds. <laughs> yeah. Therapy is great and you absolutely need it. Um, and know that um, therapy, good therapy happens in the context of a whole lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good therapy is um, one of the dishes on your Thanksgiving table. And it's just to use that metaphor for a second. Um, and it might be the one you really need. And it's really, uh, it's, it's got, you know, it's, it's deep, goes deep and it really works and it's really helpful for you. And I really, really encourage people to do that, get some therapy. Um, but at the same time, you also, you might see a therapist for an hour a week. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of other things that are 
useful for you to do, which will help therapy be even more beneficial. So exercise, we know, is really helpful. Um, uh, Self-care, mindfulness meditation, super helpful. Yoga, super helpful. Catching up with people that you feel safe with, super helpful. Um, Watching something funny, laughing, super helpful. Um, Listening to music, super helpful. Getting sunlight, super helpful. Increasing your hydration, super helpful. And if all of those things are happening and then you show up to therapy, your whole system has a little is getting nourished from lots of different directions. Mm-hmm. So it's a package deal that actually makes so much more of a difference. Wonderful insight. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to my guest, Simon Ward. For more information on the topics we discussed, head on over to our website, anxietyandtheartist.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share. Until next time, be healthy and stay creative. Anxiety and the Artist is produced by Grost Productions and recorded at Homestead Studios. Music and engineering is by Vasco Chef. 